Welcome to Mindspace Minimal. We're your hosts, Daniel Ryan and Jessica Yatrovsky. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We hope you enjoy this episode. And today we're joined by a very special guest, my wife, Dr. Sarah Biffin. Yay! Hi, Hi, Sarah. How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. How are you today? I'm doing great. Excellent. Really happy to be here. Thanks for being our first guest, honey. You're so welcome. Appreciate it. We're super excited. I'm just going to say, I am excited to see you. You see him every day. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I get a lot of her. First woman I've seen in months. Finally getting that energy back into exactly. your <laughs> Yeah. So Sarah is our first guest and she is our resident. Uh, I, I don't even know how to start. You're a PhD in traditional Chinese medicine, herbology, and acupuncture. Uh, I very much enjoy bragging about your accomplishments as your husband. You maintain private practice in New York City. You're my better half. Uh, please continue. Um, yeah, I guess to, well, to clarify, I have a doctorate and a PhD, just so you know. Um, Thank you. But I'm a doctor of Chinese medicine and acupuncture, and I'm a board-certified herbalist. I specialize mostly in Chinese herbal formularies, but I do a lot of um, supplemental therapy and nutritional guidance as well. And, um, I, you know, everything that comes along with Chinese medicine. So there's a lot of body work. A lot of people are familiar with things like cupping and gua sha are kind of trendy now, but they're really kind of ancient staples of this medicine. So I also incorporate a lot of that. But like you said, Dan, as we know, I have a private practice here in New York City, which has been a little wonky since COVID, (laughs) which is that's a whole other conversation. But actually, one of the interesting things since all of this has started is the ways that um, I have been able to connect with people virtually that I was so pleasantly surprised by. I can speak to that. Yeah, I, Jessica, I have worked with you virtually and it was very healing. And Sarah, you've been one of the healers that's been part of the um, Heal Jessica's Migraines <laughs> team. And in our last session, that was really helpful. Everything we went over from the acupressure, because you're working virtually now, which I'd love um, for you to talk a little bit more about that. But it was very helpful just being able to learn acupressure for myself and talking a lot about vitamins and nutrition, super helpful. And just having that conversation started to shift the way I was thinking about vitamin intake. And I thought, Hmm. oh, wow, that's really powerful. That's something I can do at home. I don't need to leave the house. You know, maybe I need to do some online orders, but (laughs) you know, I can start, you know, healing myself right now in this moment by just kind of reframing the way that I have been consuming vitamins. And we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording about this idea of what we're doing right now in terms of vitamin intake, in terms of nourishment. Are we doing too much? Are we not doing enough? So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about how you're working with your clients to kind of give them that balance or like show them how to create that balance for themselves right now. Yeah, that's a really good question. It's so it's something that is so individual to the person. And I think that is something that I subscribe to, especially with the principles of Chinese medicine, because it is absolutely not a one size fits all scenario for anybody. So I really, I personally, as a practitioner, definitely take that approach in my dietary and nutritional guidance in my herbal formularies that I give. You know, everyone who walks through my virtual door or my my physical door, you know, when it's not, you know, New York City on lockdown is seen very much as an individual. And what's going to be right for one person is not going to be right for the next. And you're just constantly trying to find out what patterns are on display, like symptoms that arise based on patterns and like the best way to tackle that. But generally, as far as... Nutritional guidance, supplementary guidance, herbal guidance, I tend to subscribe to the idea that less is more. I think that that was helpful for you in our conversation. So helpful. Yeah. And I mean, 
just the bioavailability <laughs> alone of taking a ton of supplements is not going to be beneficial. Your body mm-hmm. is, you know, the body can definitely get really overloaded. So you don't want to stress yourself out physically or emotionally. And I think, um, you know, people tend to have the mentality that there is this quote superfood or this super vitamin that is going to fix all of their issues. And while that may be, and while it may be something that's very helpful for one person, it doesn't necessarily mean the next person it's going to do much for. Um, but also you think about just like the digestive stress that comes along with taking so many vitamins and supplements and, and being like, like you came to me, you literally had a day of the week, you know, morning, afternoon, evening pill dispenser. And that was very stressful for you. Yeah. And the very first thing, because you sent me that video before yes. we chatted. You're like, and I was this like, person's crazy. Yeah, not, not at all. <laughs> I don't think you're crazy at all. But it was a and huge I, relief. That was my first question was, how willing, how attached to these are you? And I was like, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I do like a routine and I like a program, but mm-hmm. I also like working intuitively. Like I do the muscle testing on myself. So I'll, I'll see how many of these do I need? Do I need this at all? But there are times when over time you, you're buying more supplements and then you're just adding them to your daily pill box. Right. And then you realize you're taking 15 pills. Yeah. And that's not good. And I didn't think about it until you described it the way you did that your body has to digest all this. And then a lot of it is not even being used for what it needs to be used for. And then it just becomes waste and so that made me even think about sustainability like within the body mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and minimalism like within the body that if you take time to just pick out a few things and i mean you're going to speak specifically to how y- you're looking at um how do, how do you phrase it like you're you're looking at uh, a symptom, like how you treat symptoms. Yeah. And it's not by just like taking a bunch of things. Right. It's like so process not, of elimination. Right. Exactly. And I think the whole, the whole crux of it being, you're not trying to slap another bandaid on something. Um, it's not, you know, in, in the concept of this type of medicine, you're looking at root causes of something and then branch symptoms. So, the root is like, what is causing it? The branches, the headaches you're getting, the branches, the extreme anxiety attacks that you're getting or the insomnia that you're getting. But there's always an underlying pattern that's going on that looks different for everybody. So when we're going through that questioning and you know, Chinese medicine, Eastern medicine, a lot of traditions have a lot of questioning associated with it because we want to know all the nitty gritty details because that's how we decipher what's gonna be best for you. If I may speak to that for a second and just having observed over your shoulder as you were going through your schooling, years of schooling, which we won't, yeah, we won't tell those stories today. Uh, but uh, no, truly learning about acupuncture and Chinese medicine over your shoulder was beautiful for me in a lot of ways because it really helped me understand and contextualize a lot of what I think the average person, myself included, did not about Chinese medicine coming from a Western mindset and upbringing. And so first, of course, which we hear this a lot, perhaps if we hear anything about acupuncture, it's preemptive medicine in many ways, or at least Chinese medicine is. And of course, tell me if any of this is incorrect, please. but this idea of preemptive medicine, getting to the source and the root of things, as you say, and then also something that Western medicine never told me in such plain language, but that Chinese medicine points to at every moment that I absolutely love and appreciate, especially as I get older, is lifestyle as medicine Mm -hmm. and lifestyle and cycles of life and the cycles of the clock and the day and night and and up and down and, uh, you know, cycles as a man, I don't know anything about, but as as women, you guys might, you know, that Chinese medicine has not only a centuries old medical understanding of this, but uh, a philosophical one too, in fact, that a child or I can understand (laughs) Mm -hmm. looking over your shoulder as you're learning a deeper and more detailed version of that. So, um, 
So, yeah, and, and having that understanding has, of course, made acupuncture way more impactful for me and helped me also, you know. So, for instance, when things got uh, real in March here in the city with COVID, you had a pharmacy in our a apartment triage. up and running. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah. and speaking of, you know, the balance of too much and too little, we had a, a very economic selection of, you know, vitamins and herbs and probiotics and, you know, the men's stuff for me and some women's stuff for you. And, uh, but, you know, and thank you very much for that, honey, because you kept <laughs> us, you know, you kept us kind of even keeling up and running there. Uh so yeah, it's been an education for me, and I I deeply appreciate again the balance that Chinese medicine. We hear this word a lot, but I mean it in this case holistically provides to Western medicine in this sense of you know. And this is the last thing I'll say, but Western medicine, in the most reductive version of how I grew up with it, it's like you know when I'm broken, I go to the doctor, mm-hmm. unless unless mm-hmm. mom's bringing me for my yearly checkup or something like that. Like when I'm hurt, that's when I go get fixed. The same way if my car gets hurt, I take it to the mechanic, you know, the the old mechanic metaphor for health, which is not a good metaphor for health, yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. you know, certain kinds, perhaps. I'm not throwing Western medicine under the bus either, because of course we need vaccination and the you know prescription pills and all the worthwhile interventions that have been provided by Western medicine. Of course, we take that way too far sometimes, but there's been... You know, there's a lot of good uh, on all sides. Yeah, of course, I completely agree with you. And I think that, um, you know, recognizing that everything has a time and a place is a very healthy standpoint, both from an Eastern and Western perspective. But I absolutely agree with you um, that this form of medicine absolutely takes a very preventative approach. It's a more engaged interaction between patient and practitioner it really is this kind of lifestyle journey. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's really important for people to recognize, um, A, I'm not a wizard. Mm. (laughs) Like there's nothing magic about what I'm doing with acupuncture, for example, (laughs) or these herbs that I'm prescribing or these discussions we're having about um, lifestyle factors or supplements or whatever it may be for that person that is absolutely transformative and life-changing. But what I always try to drive home is that like there's homework involved with this and you are the one who needs to do the work. You need to bring this into your own hands and that's when it's going to be most effective. I'm just a facilitator. Mm-hmm. Like I really want people to know that. And like, I'm so fortunate and blessed to have discovered and been able to get training in this medicine that transformed my life. And it is now my life's work to share that with people. But knowing that you know, kind of demystifying it in a sense that, and I'm not against a little woo woo at all. <laughs> in fact, I think it's this a great is the woo woo zone. Yeah, this yeah. is woo zone, and I'm not saying it's you know. I know this is a safe space for woo woo, <laughs> but it's more so like actually believe in that woo woo within yourself a little mm-hmm. bit more, and your body's capability to course correct when it's just given the right formula to do so. But that does require some homework that does require you taking some things in your own hands. I totally agree. And I think for all of our practices, our clients, patients, in your case, (laughs) homework is a big part of it. Something I wanted to say about Chinese medicine, I've been a huge fan of it for, I don't know, I've been doing acupuncture for, I can't even remember for how long, but I just feel like it addresses the the underlying causes and not just the symptoms. Exactly. And that root, root yeah, and, yeah. And that's what I've always found very beneficial. And something else interesting too over the years, because um, I've seen, um, uh, what is it called? The, uh, I've, I've seen over the years nutrition response doctors and they give you a ton of pills, a ton of pills. And when you go to the Chinese medicine doctor like yourself, you would get some kind of like herbal thing and it'd be like one thing. (laughs) You get like one thing and like that one thing would like change my life. Yeah. And then I was going to nutrition response doctor 
for years. And I remember, I don't know if I mentioned this to you last time we were talking, but I went to this nutrition response doctor and I was going to her for a few years and she was still giving me the same exact supplements. And I sort of caught on like, is this still working anymore on me? Like, why have I not shifted into a different set of vitamins? Why am I still taking this? My body probably doesn't need this anymore. I'm probably fine. So I find that really interesting too, that sort of Chinese medicine is so wise in that it's, it is a minimal type practice, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you say? I mean, in a lot of ways, yes, you're not given a bunch of stuff. They're not like, here, take all these vitamins and like, we're going to do this on you. We're going to do that on you. Like you ask your patient what's going on in their life. And that's why you say it's a very individual case by case basis. And you just treat that instead of what's just one size fits all. And I think a lot of a lot of issues I have with wellness practitioners out there is that they do try to treat one size fits all. And that's where it gets a little bit confusing or maybe you don't see the results and then you feel disappointed because your girlfriend is doing this and it's working for her, but it's not working for you, but you have a completely different system than she or he does. So yeah, I really appreciate Chinese medicine specifically for the fact that they're working very traditionally because it fucking works. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right. I think that, I mean, it's important to know that this medicine is thousands of years Mm -hmm. old. They're not following trends. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it is interesting, you know, um, even just in the way that Chinese formularies are put together, very rarely in Chinese medicine is a single herb or supplement, mostly herbs, um, used by itself. The whole point, say you do go to the Chinese medicine doctor or your acupuncturist with um, anxiety, something like that. And they're like, they talk to you, you do acupuncture. They're like, I'd love you to take this at home. Are you open to taking an herbal formula? Patient says yes. And they give you a bottle of something. It's even though it's that one thing, the intricacy that has gone into over these thousands of years into developing this formula is totally fascinating and is absolutely a lifetime of study because in that one formula there could be 15 herbs and the the entire thought process behind it being how do these herbs synergistically work together what's the hierarchy of them there's like Literally, when you're learning these herbal formulas in school, you're learning what the emperor of the formula is. So it's kind of like the main the main herb in charge, not to like gender these herbs. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like there's an emperor. There is masculine always. and feminine have a, an important role in Chinese medicine, though, too, don't they? Pardon absolutely. my interruption. Yeah, no, so, yeah, that's please. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, just in the sense that every yin has a yang and they are transmutable. It's not, they are, they are not mutually exclusive. And that's an important thing to note. I think is that even when it comes to gender, that is something that is fluid in Chinese medicine. In other words, they've known it for centuries. Again, it's like they were, you know, it's, um, of course it's a spectrum. Yeah. And we could go down the rabbit hole of the, uh, you know, the concepts of yin and yang and (laughs) Chinese medicine. You could talk about it for hours. But, but I just um, love how simple it is. Exactly. That it's too. something that people have put for thousands of years, a million hours of legwork behind in order to give you this simplistic <laughs> formula. That, And I think we've talked about this quite a bit, and it's important for me to offer this kind of um, service or like accessibility to patients in the sense that things are minimal, digestible, literally and figuratively, and sustainable. Like... I could give you 15 things in a laundry list of things to do and extremely limit your diet, et cetera, but are you going to do it? And like, that's, that is where the effective, the question of the effectiveness of whatever healing method you're going for is like, Mm -hmm. that's the big question mark is like, okay, I can go see a Reiki practitioner or whatever healer you want to go to for, you know, every week for six months. But like, if I'm not doing the legwork, is it really going to work? Right. Yeah. So Sarah and I have this shared, it really began as a joke in our household, which we've spoken about uh, on a couple episodes called wellness realness, where 
you know, we would just kind of say to each other if there was some, it's usually a, a trend or an advertisement or an article or a headline or something that just seems kind of silly or outrageous in or uh, out of context. And we'll just be like, wellness, realness, let's break it down. What's working here? What's not, you know, what's, what's problematic? What's straight up silly? And of course, as participants and proud members of New York City's vibrant wellness community and, you know, being part of the wellness industry, what we're really doing is holding up a mirror here and, you know, talking as much about ourselves as anybody else. So it's, it's never meant as judgmental, vilifying, you know, placing one above the other or anything like that. If anything, it's actually, I think, trying to create this productive, uh, understanding of what is truly useful within what we call this strange ecosystem we call the wellness industry and to parse out and remove some of that the stuff that is just you know unhelpful or just marketing or you know some of the the things we've already kind of referenced in this episode and to present a extreme side to speak for somebody who's probably not listening to this podcast who you know looks at wellness and thinks it's all a bunch of hooey or woo woo or what have you uh, i was talking to a friend of mine who will remain nameless I don't, I don't know if he would mind my using his name or not but i won't just uh to be respectful um he's an entrepreneur working in the tech space uh a wonderful, wonderful guy who has been working in diversity and inclusion for years, like five or six years now, originally from Guyana and has been living in Queens with his family. Uh, and, you know, we were talking, we talk about wellness a lot. Uh, we talk, he has a deep interest in hypnosis and, and meditation and himself as a meditator and a very wise fellow. And, uh, I was asking him the other day on a call about his impression of the wellness industry. And, you know, we were talking about the current moment and his language was hilarious. I mean, he was speaking for a certain point of view, of course, uh, but described the, the wellness community as a, docile idiots prone to virtue signaling and, mm -hmm. you know, commodified cultural appropriation and, you know, all the evils that we generally speak out against and everything else. And, uh, and we were, yeah, we were laughing because, because, you know, again, there should be nothing, you know, we were also talking about certain things we don't even need to go very deep on right now you know the current situation here in the city uh, on all levels and how you know the how politicized things have become versus you know remembering there's some things we just know how to do because we're not jerks to each other and just like being a good person you know i mean everything has become so i don't know just the the fever pitch of certain things you know it's we've it almost feels, I don't believe this is true. I actually remain optimistic, but it almost feels as if we've forgotten certain fundamentals. Uh, so coming back to, you know, what is the function of actual wellness? You know, of course, there's nothing exclusive about wellness. You know, there's we should be talking about universal truths, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, and the, mm -hmm. the basis of security and love and respect and food on our plate and roofs shelter. over our heads and shelter. Yes, that are shared amongst all human communities uh, and versus, of course, again, what could be a very could feel like a very exclusive club at times, uh, you know, particularly here in the city. Yeah, I would agree. And then can I just interject Please. for one second? Yeah. Because this is um, in that same vein that we also talk about a lot is that I think for any, you know, quote, wellness practitioner, including what I do, what you do, I think that, you know, knowing the value of your practice is also knowing its limitations. Yes. And being both honest with yourself and with your clients and patients yes. about that. Yes. And that's where the realness of wellness realness yeah. needs to come in. Yeah, beautifully said. The um, As you mentioned before, 
what you were both speaking about, the term that rang in my head was the idea of the most impactful healing intervention with the least possible intervention. Mm -hmm. So, you know, trying to essentially create the largest healing impact possible by doing as little as you possibly can. Right. And, you know, in hypnosis, as well as in uh, maybe, you know, every area of medicine we also have to speak about or just remember things like placebo effects and, you know, the role of, well, uh, what we're speaking of, what, where the the rubber meets the road in terms of results and what actually makes us feel better and where our own authority on our health and our body comes in versus the people that we're working with. Uh, yeah. So, as you say, honey, the limitations Absolutely. I mean, it's, and yeah, hypnosis, coming back to not being wizards, um, hypnosis, of course, is looked at all kinds of ways constantly, um, but it's something that uh, very few people understand the limitations of. I disagree. I think you're both wizards. <laughs> and, <laughs> and also, I think... We just, notice we're not disagreeing with you. Yeah, like, uh, not anymore, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I think subtraction. I mean, Please, that's yeah. you guys yeah. both, all three of us yeah. deal in subtraction. Yeah. And minimalism is right here with us, right? Right. In what we're speaking about. And that is very powerful. And I think as consumers, we want to go out and purchase a lot of things to heal us. But I think a lot of times it's overloading our systems and or masking other things that could be going on underneath. And I just, I keep having this vision of, you know, when kale which just became a thing and everyone was just like buying bushels of kale and like eating kale and kale crackers. And, and, uh, I did it too. <laughs> Full disclosure. I did it too. And then that I, sounds delicious. yeah. That's and then right. I started learning about my body and about my blood type and then just like learning about my, like using my intuition and realizing that, um, I don't digest kale very well. And yeah. it wasn't very useful for me. And then putting a bunch of different types of vegetables and fruits in a smoothie was actually not good for my system. And mm. I wasn't able to digest it. And my stomach wasn't feeling well. And it was really taking it back to the basics for me that yeah. was very healing. But this has been something that's been going on for years. I mean, I've been plant-based for, I don't know, 12 or 13 years now. And... I feel it's a lot of trial and error, but what I've learned more and more as I go on, it is about subtract. It's not like add another thing to the smoothie. I mean, I don't even drink smoothies anymore. Smoothie is a dessert to me. That's yeah. a treat. Yeah. And I feel like if I can get my nourishment from Whole Foods, not the store, but <laughs> from like, you know, a variety eating the rainbow and, and trying to do things, um, in a, in a minimal way. And I'm not saying eating less because I love to eat like <laughs> eating all the time, but, um, you know, not eating so many different things at once too. I'm sure you can speak to this Sarah as mm. well is like eating a few things. I, I definitely adhere to like a more uh, vetic or Ayurvedic sort of practice where I'm trying to eat like things and not eating raw things after the sun goes down, trying to eat macrobiotically and, that has seemed to not only calm my person, but my digestion is a lot better. And also to your point about like mixing all these vitamins I was taking, just the less of it has created a sense of peace and ease and, you know, gliding about in the kitchen and just doing a few things and not having to do this big like preparation to cook and to like, it doesn't take that. It shouldn't take that much effort to nourish thyself. Yes. So, mm, I mean, I mm. think this is a good segue to talk about nourishments mm -hmm. and nutrition. I'd love to hear what you guys are doing right now. Uh, if I can tee you up with one more thing, honey, um, wellness, realness, acupuncture intakes mm -hmm. for, especially for a first session. And this is tying in what you're speaking about, Jessica. First of all, compared also to a Western medicine intake, which I think is like a couple minutes, an acupuncture or Chinese medicine intake can take an average of like 20 minutes. I mean, 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and here's where the wellness realness comes in. There is an unsettling amount of focus on poop and di- digestion yeah. that unless you're aware of going in, you're going to be like, oh my God, is this person like, Uh-oh. am I, was are they a creep? Like, yeah, nobody, I, I think I, I have no idea how we could survey for this, but I, m- many people must have been caught off guard by that, you know, yes. or just surprised. Or they're by like, it. look at let me look at your tongue. And you're like, how dare you? But yeah, yeah. Or then the tongue diagnosis. Like, it's so it's so intimate. Yeah. Somehow more so than even like the swab that you would get from a, a physician. But um, yeah. So, but coming back to the realness part. It can it makes so much sense when you're like, of course, digestion is a keystone of health. And of mm-hmm. course, looking, I mean, it even, it just, not that I'm suggesting we should enjoy it or anything, but even just like looking at our Western repulsion at the idea of thinking about our poop as an indicator for mm-hmm. how healthy we are. Right. Yeah. You know, and actually taking that seriously. I'm too TMI with my doctors and I'm like, I don't even think they want to know. I'm like, right, so yeah. I go this many times and like, this is the consistency. This is the buoyancy. And like, <laughs> and they're like, okay. And I'm like, right. uh, well, that helps. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, to speak to that point, it's kind of just such, doesn't that just display so well how disconnected we are from our natural cycles? Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, I obviously I speak about these things a lot with women because we often have, you know, natural cycles. You yeah. Know, that we and it's to easier about. to go deeper with women. Yeah. Too. No, totally. Quicker. And I think that. Sorry, guys. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, we're going to get you talking about your poop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Speaking of. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> Please continue. No, I mean, it's so true. I, um, I just tell people TMI all the way. Mm-hmm. Tell me everything. First yeah. of all, it's confidential. I'm not writing to your family and friends or really <laughs> leaving with any of this information from the room you know it's it's the more i know the more i know how to treat you that's just you know? the thing there's an art to that too which uh, consumers i wish there was a way to teach ourselves as consumers how to offer you for instance the best information as you're saying mm-hmm. you know because because again as a keystone of health just looking at what feels intimate or repulsive or what have you can arm you with such information uh, that you can, again, create that maximal healing impact with the least possible intervention. Yeah, absolutely. And fortunately, it is something that's gaining in popularity. Yes. To be more in touch with yourself. Has been for years. Health and taking that into your own hands. Um, So really... I feel like I'm standing on the shoulders of giants of practitioners who've come before me who've had to really coach people through that. And not that that doesn't happen. Top three acupuncturists. Go. (laughs) Meet me. Meet me. (laughs) Those are my answers too. (laughs) You're the only one that exists on this podcast right now. So you are the wellness realness expert. Chief resident. Yeah. Chief resident wellness realness. But when you guys talk about wellness realness, do you mean like like outing fake things at all or i th- i think that's a different category i think okay. absolutely out and out charlatanism is a different yeah. category than wellness realness i think okay. wellness realness is about being open about being open okay. and yeah. really uh, parsing and dissociating and uncoupling marketing and um Language that would kind of obscure or mystify what this tool is and what its purpose is, what the tool would mm-hmm. be for, and then you know really isolating. Okay, what is this thing doing? What good is it creating? I know in my world, there's a lot of words for the same things. Mm-hmm. A lot of this has to do with just how abstract and literally straight up incorporeal hypnosis and psychology is where the mind is not a thing we can touch or or handle. So, you know, hypnosis, again, very few people understand the boundaries around that term. Uh, So, you know, you end up with a lot of different words for a lot of the same things. You know, regression therapy is a form of hypnosis and hypnosis also gave birth to NLP and guided imagery is sometimes is hypnosis, but not always. And meditation and hypnosis have so much in common, but they're also very different. And, you know, so it it can get very confusing very quick. I think about it as getting real too. Like when you're on the subway, I remember I was uh, with my friend, she's a hydrocolonic therapist and we were riding on the train. 
after a lovely colonic session, mm-hmm. <laughs> riding home together. And um, there were these ads for peanuts, but it wasn't, it was, it, it wasn't for a brand. It was like, eat peanuts. And she goes, oh, that's not good. She's like, when they start advertising food, I want to know why. And is that for some certain reason? Is there like surplus of peanuts? Are they trying to get us to eat poison peanuts? Like what's happening? But it's this kind of thing, like I was saying about kale too. It just kind of gets into the culture and then everybody starts eating this thing and it may or may not be good for you. And how do you kind of like sift through and figure that out? I mean, I always say like moderation, but yeah, the st- stuff like that kind of weirds me out sometimes when I see somebody that's just like promoting water or <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you know, or milk or I mean, yeah. there's during yeah. there's been a lot of that reported uh, during. Also, please just drink more water. <laughs> yeah, everybody, right. hi- everybody hydrate. Have, get yourself hydrate. a glass of water. Yeah. Um, but yeah, during COVID, the. And I, I, I think we should do a whole episode on conspiracy theories, probably, right? Yeah. Um, I believe a lot of them, though. So I don't. Maybe that's not a good. Well, episode again, for I think us. there's, I think there's parsing out to be done. Again, you know, there's just like you know, there's probably a kernel of truth in some of these these things. But anyway, don't eat the peanuts. <laughs> but uh, so you know. For instance, the government put in how I'm totally gossiping or putting out whatever. But the idea that the government's telling people, hey, don't buy masks anymore. You don't need masks anymore. It's cool. Because the medical community had a shortage on masks. What? And they needed masks for first responders and people in hospitals. So there was like this kind of like smokescreen message of, uh, hey, don't, yeah, don't, 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 you don't need masks. Don't worry about it. Okay. So then does this make sense? Wellness, realness. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I'm here. I am just like, you know, throwing out random stuff. I don't even have a link to support what I'm saying. Right now. I, so, I mean, like, you know, go a ahead, meme, go ahead and Google that at your own risk. But, uh, a meme will suffice at this point. All right. Yeah. But I mean, there is, there's so much to be said for God in this day and age, especially, right? How these kinds of ideas seep into our psychology and that seeps into our behaviors and our behaviors become our habits and our habits become who we are over time. And so, you know, I mean, in the, in what was, I'm going back, I've got this thread in my mind that connects the Gamergate conspiracy of 2013, 14 to our current president in the white house. And, and, and essentially, it comes down to the hypnotic impact, actually. I'm looking at it as a hypnotist and just seeing language and, and vitriol snowball through culture in certain areas. Um, I don't even know where I'm going with this. But essentially, the where the rubber meets the road on this is literally where we are hitting each other in the streets right now. Mm-hmm. So coming back to psychology and behavior and the impact of this, I mean, it's, it's all... It might seem very abstract, but this is our day-to-day life we're talking about, really. Yeah, and I think just to, I, the way I see it is absolutely like what you said before, like holding a mirror to ourselves mm-hmm. and to others. And just, you know, I think in, in order to be a, pra- a practitioner of any kind of integrity, it always is about that self-examination. You know, like what is working, what is not, how can mm-hmm. I best offer my gifts apart from what's going to be best as a marketing strategy. Yeah. Yeah. There is uh, so much to be said about that, you know, just marketing and wellness. And again, speaking for myself to be totally transparent, I have to market myself. You know, I had to make a website. I'm still minding my website. And, you know, I think about social media. We, I am a small business owner. You know, it's a necessity that whether I have some kind of, philosophy or you know structure to my marketing or i don't that i do something to keep my business afloat so speaking from that position of of needing to do that you know um where are the ethical lines that i draw Mm -hmm. you know where are the ethical lines that this is what i will and won't say or what i will and won't do and i can speak to a lot of that i'm happy to you know 
if you ever see, you know, there's a certain kind of 10 tape series you'll never see me do, you know, or like, and there's even a oh, checklist. There, well, a You're certain, not going to do your like, I said a certain CD. kind. Yeah, I said a certain kind. But uh, there's actually a checklist of things to look for to identify charlatans and to identify, um, I'm forgetting the term the fake water that used to be sold on the, the plains of the United States, a something a salesman. snake oil? Snake oil, oil. thank oil. you. That's yeah. what I was looking for. <laughs> I, uh, I, mm, go ahead. Without naming names, there's just a lot of those. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we should talk about that. I don't no. think we should name names. I think No, no, I would never. Yeah, but I mean, here's, here's why I say that ultimately, I think we can effectively talk about all of this without having to. I yeah. think, you know, we can get into this stuff and you the listener can understand completely everything that we're saying and apply it to whoever or whatever product or service is around you uh so yeah and I, again like the purpose of wellness realness was never to vilify um but more so just to be like you know uh, let's, let's come on i mean come yeah, on i here. think it was kind of it was almost a relief that we both recognized certain things and felt the same way about it. It's a necessity. And yeah, absolutely. So hence that term was born. But yeah, like like Dan said, we're not trying to vilify any particular type of practitioner or anything like that. It's more just kind of a call for some introspection mm -hmm. in the industry. And we are speaking to ourselves of too. Course. Yeah, again, absolutely. I mean, coming back to, you know, I've, I've <laughs> so yeah, actually coming to a close on just kind of framing wellness realness. I am so proud to be part of New York City's wellness community. Uh -huh. I love so much being part of New York City's yeah. wellness community. I know some of the coolest, weirdest, funkiest people on earth <laughs> mm -hmm. because I have a cool, weird, funky career that I'm tremendously grateful for. So all of this is being said from a position of I am so happy to be, you know, to be able to do this podcast, to be sitting here with you guys, to have the career I have. Um, and, you know, the guests that we're going to have on over and over again to talk to about this stuff are all people that, you know, we feel are carrying this torch honestly and authentically. You know, I mean, coming back to naming names, I'm certainly... <laughs> now you're going to name them all. <laughs> just, go down, just, uh, just start outing people. No, no, come back to naming names. I'm happy to go on at length about all the people we love, right? I'm happy to speak, you know, for hours about my friends and collaborators who I admire. Totally. And, you know, I'm holding back names now because I want to really feature them the right way. So... So, yeah. Yeah. I, I also think that, you know, when I think about just the idea of wellness, realness in general, speaking to what you were saying about authenticity in the practice, that wellness is marketed a very specific way now. And maybe it always has been, you know, in the recent years and everything is like packaged so pretty and then when you like get the kit home or you go see the practitioner and you're like, oh, fuck, I have to do work. So there's this disconnect where they think it's like a consumption thing where, oh, I can be a consumer and I can consume wellness. And that's not actually what wellness is. It's a lot about what you were saying, Sarah. It's like you are the accountable person yes. that needs to then move forward with these practices that you're being taught by a practitioner and instruction you're being given by these people with degrees in all of this, you know, education and information. And so for me, I always think, oh, even with what I do, I think there's a little bit of an education piece that has to come in that consultation, right? Like, this is what it is I do. This is your involvement. And this is how you're going to see progress and transformation should you choose to go on this journey. It sounds like something in Labyrinth, right? <laughs> it's like, I mean, I'm coming in. Um, and, and that's when you see major shifts and major transformations when that person meets you halfway. So I think... There's got to be, and I know that there's a lot of people like us out there that are actively having conversations with people about how 
wellness is about you getting involved in your own healing and what self-care really is mm. and how it's long-term. And um, it's not just to put a Band-Aid on a problem. And I'm sure we all have clients that come to us and they're like, fix us. If, <laughs> if, if I may interject here, I, one note on you're speaking about homework, which I think is a really funny counterpoint in my practice and speaks to hypnosis and what I want to kind of achieve as a hypnotist. And you may have heard me say this before, Jessica, you know, I will tell people at the end of every session after we've done the practice itself, okay, there's no homework. I want you to just kind of process this session, go home mm -hmm. and integrate. And in hypnosis, there's something called a post-hypnotic suggestion too, by the way. This Still is, works on me. This is very actively, this is part of my post-hypnotic suggestive procedure, I'll call it. Um, but this idea of suggesting as the client is coming out of this deeply relaxed state, very much like a guided meditation and this experience we just had, I'm letting them know there's no homework, there's nothing to do. Because I want to first kind of elicit that feeling of, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't have to yeah. do anything. Cool what yeah, exactly, exactly. What a relief. Yeah, I'm like, oh, great, great. I love this guy. Um, no, but this idea of there's nothing to do, just let yourself process and integrate naturally, which which it does. You know, it, I say things like whatever you find yourself reflecting on or whatever stays with you after the session, notice yourself reflecting on it, take what's useful and leave the rest. I try to keep everything as practical and simple and encourage people to travel as lightly as possible uh, throughout the process. But yeah, this idea of there's no homework, un unless of course, I will get those people that love the homework. And then I'm happy to provide links and lists and uh, references and sources and reading. And, you know, I love those people that are super engaged that way too, of course, because I can meet them right there. But I start with, I just start from a position of not overloading the person mm -hmm. and waiting for their cues to tell me how much they want. Now, now that is purely from my position. And there are an infinite amount of ways that hypnotherapists and hypnotists will work. You're just hearing my particular way, one of them anyway. Yeah. And I think that all, what you're saying kind of goes back to the sense of like just meeting people where they're at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also people need to be ready to yeah. take care of themselves. Yes. And, and we talk about this a lot, Dan, is I can only do so much you need to be ready to take that accountability yeah. right for yourself and people need the permission too i think which yeah. is why they come to yeah. us <laughs> oh yeah and i i mean i often say one of the hardest parts about my job is convincing people to be kind to themselves and i think and i truly mean that it's so hard so hard <laughs> so hard for myself personally too i totally get it and i think as a practitioner having that compassion that everything in its own time mm -hmm. and just because somebody isn't necessarily willing to show up the way that you want them to doesn't mean they aren't making progress mm -hmm. it's like it is a and we're, this is a theme in society very much right now. It's like that unlearning and deprogramming process in order to replace it with more educational value and um, relearning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On that note, on that note, <laughs> I'd love to talk about nourishment. Mm -hmm. You did a cleanse recently. I did a fast. Yes, you did. Yeah, I did a five day fast. Uh, Were you doing it too, sir? I was not. Okay, thank God. That was my <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When two people do fast in the same household at the same time, Ooh. it is nightmarish. I was there for support. <laughs> and she, yeah, and she truly was. I was doing a certain kind of fast. I'll, I'll. It, it worked well for me, so I'm happy to tell you it was called Prolon. P R O L O N. Go ahead and Google that if you would like. It was a five day. Um, I'm forgetting the language they use. There's a book along with it called The Longevity Diet. It's written by an Italian doctor named Dr. Walter Longo. Uh, the book, along with the fast, was appreciated. And it is essentially, it's a low-calorie 
fast. So there are some calories with it. I was eating these little packets of olives and <laughs> dried soups that were basically just like astronaut food <laughs> that was like empty calories in a mug. Um, but what happened and what the fast was designed to do was activate ketosis in my system and, and really kind of jumpstart my metabolism, which I felt it do. Now, that was in April, I think, that I did that. Yeah, I believe so. Which is not Brave too, during quarantine. Which actually is a perfect time to do it. It's a perfect time to do it for me for whatever reasons. But um, now that was eight weeks ago. And... I'm, I'm we're we're going to be traveling for the first time with friends for July 4th, but after that I'm going to do the fast again because as will happen with fasting, you know, the up and down of being off it and on it and I had a kind of plan for getting out of it afterwards, but the structure kind of fell apart after a little while and you know, it, so things became too loose and coming back to lifestyle as medicine. It's just absolutely where I'm at both numerically and my age and also psychologically uh, in life at this point where it's just like uh, without making it drudgery, you know, mm-hmm. lifestyle has to become medicinal because, uh, you know, really just without even needing to get into aging, uh, but certainly that being a factor, uh, just keeping things running clean, man, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we are what we eat, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so the fast was great. Uh, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it more intentionally a second time and have a better exit strategy. Um, but it was, it was a very good experience ultimately. And the first successful fast I'd ever really done. So that was a really, really good experience ultimately. Yeah, that's proud of you. Thanks, honey. How are you eating, sir? Instead of saying, how are you sleeping? How are you eating? eating? Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's been very interesting during quarantine, <laughs> um, especially as a New Yorker who's used to moving around a mm-hmm. lot more. But I mean, I think that I don't, I think over the years, I've just kind of, like you were saying, it's always this trial and error, finding out what works for you. Um, I really believe in just moderation in what I'm eating and not complete deprivation, um, you know, in the basis of Chinese medicine, like figuring out over years what it is that my body needs and meeting it where it's at. Um, so I do tend to stick to more like cooked nourishing foods like mm-hmm. that for me that is nourishing. Um, do you eat raw a lot? No. Yeah, me neither. I that don't. completely changed my whole life yeah, is cooking. Absolutely. I mean, if you want to be like very strict Chinese medicine, you're never supposed to eat anything raw. Hmm. Um or unless you have like an insane amount of like heat built up in yeah. your body or something yeah. like that. You know, pizza does that whatever, include yeah. raw fruits and stuff like that? Yeah, for the most part. No kidding. It's supposed to be like a treat. Nature. What's up? They're supposed to be a treat. Yeah, it's supposed to be a treat, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, honoring that, but also honoring our modern life mm-hmm. of, you know, you need to have some treats every yeah. once in a while. Don't get me started. There's some good food in Brooklyn, man. There's some good food in Brooklyn. That's for sure. Um, I love fruit, but I kind of, I don't eat it a lot. And I try not to eat yeah. raw. Like, because I noticed that eating too much raw food would make my anxiety high. Yeah. And when I would cook things, hmm. like I did a cleanse. Um, We don't have to get into this, but... <laughs> When I was doing cleanses, like, I don't know, like 10 years ago, um, I was having terrible panic attacks on this. Like it was like a juice cleanse. And so I decided to do one again and I was doing it with a healer and we were doing chakra work like every day with the cleanse. But she was like, we're not going to do it on raw juices. We're doing it on broths. We're making it like the colors of the chakras. Mm-hmm. And it was all like... Uh, broth based and and I cooked it all like I did yeah. a mineral broth and I put like a little quinoa in it so it wasn't like a they're not weight loss cleanses they're yeah. cleanses you know for mindfulness and and just you know other health benefits um more I guess spiritual I guess mm-hmm. type of cleanse and I had no problem I could have okay. gone on that for two weeks but I think I did like five or seven days and the body didn't react in the same way, but with the raw juice, I was like flipping out. 
Like I couldn't think it felt like it was going straight through me. I wasn't feeling like grounded. So, I mean, I've been learning so much about food for my entire life. Me and my sister, we've been on a journey since, I don't know, I was like, 15, 16, we were into nutrition and trying to figure out, like, we went through the whole, um, like, what was that called? Herbalife and Omnitrition. And like, we were always into all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, and then we were like, oh, organic. And we started eating organic. So it's been up and down and, you know, fad diets in between. But then I realized at some point that I just what I need is to feel grounded and safe. And you don't really associate that with what you eat necessarily. I mean, sure, with comfort food, because you're like, oh, this makes me feel like cozy and and safe. But from a point of view, that's what comfort food is. Yeah. yeah, But if if you can build that in to your lifestyle, then that you're you're all the better for that. So that's what I've kind of been doing the past. Well, a lot of my life, but I was doing fad diets and, and that would make me feel bad. Like you would have these, they weren't cathartic moments. They just like felt shitty and you feel bad. And and so I am always on the path of looking to pursue, pursue something that's like more um, consistent, more long lasting. And I'm also noticing like sometimes certain foods are not working anymore. I moved to this kind of food, but basically it's like I cook for myself mostly and haven't really been a person who likes to eat out that much because I feel like I could cook something better and like that, which is so bitchy and stuck up, but I'm just like, I just, just rice is not fresh, you know, like I prefer to cook, but, um, but we were talking before we started recording about Saqqara. So I did want to talk about, well, first I want to know what you guys think about meal deliveries. Have you used them during? <laughs> it depends, but yeah, I, um, we have been using uh, one called Sunbasket. Shout out okay. to Sunbasket. Yeah, nice. Really we actually yeah, loved it. Shout out to it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Throughout this quarantine. Yeah. Um, and that's been really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and because I also prefer <clears throat> very much to cook meals at home. Yeah. Just to like touch on the fad diet thing and like juice cleanses and stuff yeah. in the sense of making making you not feel good. It's like you think about it as like such a shock to the system mm-hmm. and the entire digestive process. I think what's going to be most beneficial for most people is just making it as easy on your body as possible. Minimalism. It's got a lot to do as it is. <laughs> exactly. Minimalism yeah. creates sustainability in that sense. That's what I did Get to sabotage minimalism. myself. <laughs> I would shock my system. So yeah, 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 it's a shock to the system. Well, you were shocking your system because you wanted the ketosis. Well, ketosis? Ketosis? I, I'm talking about the, the fasts that didn't work that I oh, did okay. previously yeah. where I'm going back to in my 20s, the first time I tried it when I was smoking cigarettes oh, and boy. you know, had a very different lifestyle and um, and yeah, just kind of tried to cut out everything at once. At once. Yeah. And after 72 hours, my body just shut down and went into a revolt. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, it was, uh, you know... Yeah, speaking to a kind of more, certainly just a less mature time in my life, uh, lifestyle as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I felt that experience actually just referencing it now based on what I did recently. And it's just, it's a great example, actually, if I totally, I I deprived myself as opposed to fasting, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. I I, I forced myself into some foolish moment of self deprivation that totally shocked my system and like brought myself into shutdown, essentially made myself sick where I had to eat something um, as opposed to an effective fast, which is what I was able to achieve recently. It's funny because we talk, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I do employ a lot of intermittent fasting. So that's kind of Hmm. my, my style of yes big proponent of intermittent fasting little minimalism i can't do that now because my doctor was like do not do that huh yeah for me sure and i was like no problem i'm gonna (laughs) eat a bunch of time yeah right on and and that's helped a lot because um like for my brain like Mm -hmm. the brain fog so when i get up like i eat and i'm eating throughout the day but like smaller meals and like 
things that have protein. I mean, we don't have to get into the detail of that. I was just basically wanted to talk to you guys about what you're eating and are you ordering food in? Are you cooking mostly? Oh, you're doing meal plans. Yeah. yeah. How about yeah. you? So I, I know you cook- said you're cooking a lot for yourself. I'm always cooking. I've always been cooking. Yeah. I have been prepared for this quarantine <laughs> since yeah. I could, you know, walk and talk and cook for myself, which was probably like, I think my mom stopped cooking for me when I was like tall enough to reach the, the stove oh, wow. because I was so picky. And even when she would cook things, she would leave things on the side for me. And then I would like dress it up the way that I wanted to. So it's totally not OCD at all. But, you know, now I'm still cooking for myself always a lot. And but now recently, I mean, there's a lot of vegan like delivery options and stuff in the neighborhood, but you know, a lot of places were closing during this. So I didn't do that. And I also like, just didn't feel safe and I was cooking. And also we were talking about, uh, meal delivery programs Mm -hmm. and I love Saqqara life. This is not a sponsored ad, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I am a Saqqara life affiliate. So I they're like my ride or die go to meal plan. So like throughout, even when we're not in quarantine, when I get tired of cooking or if I know I'm going to have a busy week, I'll order their meals and they're delicious. They're plant based, they're organic and they're fresh. And I cannot stress that enough because I don't know if you've gotten like meal delivery services and it's just like lackluster sure sure even something in the store and like the the freshness of ingredients so important yeah and like everything has superfoods in it and um or everything is like superfood oriented i don't know how you phrase that exactly not the clark kent foods the (laughs) superfoods yes the superfoods so yeah they're my ride or die go-to and so i have a code so Anyone who's listening can totally use it. It's XO Jessica, and I'll put it in the show notes. I think we should also put your detox in the show notes too. So people yeah. can check that out too. But yeah, it's like um, my discount is 20% off. Of That's a good discount. It's yes. a really fucking, it's a yeah. fucking good That's awesome. discount, people. Yeah. Because <laughs> Saqqara is... Um, they're awesome and it's high quality food. So 20% off is pretty good. And they also have something called clean boutique, which I'm going to show you some stuff when we're done recording, Sarah. Oh my God. Granola bars. Like I have these, um, hyper hypostropic chocolates. I don't know, probably more up your alley down, like these like (laughs) chocolates that I do. And then they have probiotic chocolate. So I, does that mean they have mushrooms in them or something? What is, what is I don't mean? fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find it. I just had one out. like before we started recording. I'll, I'll so. just take one and find out. That. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've been doing that like on and off when I don't feel like cooking. And I really, I, I love what they stand for and their brand. So I know my trainer was using another one like kettlebell. Have oh, yeah. That? yeah. But that's like. Um, is ke- that actual kettlebells? Or is that a name of a different company? Kettlebell Kitchen. Oh, excuse I don't me. know. Okay. I think they're maybe just going off of the brand Pardon. vibe of like people that like pump weights. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I could be wrong. Don't even listen to me. But sure. yeah, um, my trainer was doing that. But those are like really high, high protein, a lot of meat. And that I'm plant based. So yeah, I go with Sakara Life, which I really like and try to like. I'm like a walking advertisement for them. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, please try this because it's, 20% off. Yeah. 20% yeah. off. XO Jessica. Yeah. XO yeah. Jessica. And um, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. We're going to put um, Sarah's contact info, her website in the show notes. And your website is? It's www.sarahsarahbiffenbiffen.com. Beautiful. And also be remiss to not share that you were doing the go the fuck to sleep series and then you're doing something else right now so or did that just end um i yeah so the go the fuck to sleep series is a guided guided sleep experience uh i'm doing with a wonderful colleague of mine who's a restorative yoga teacher and meditation coach and we any wild yeah any wild yeah Mm -hmm. and um we initially started doing it because we had all of these clients coming to us with sleep issues and I contacted her about sleep issues. She contacted me. We were able to help each other. And it kind of spiraled from there. 
And so our last one is, I'm not sure when this is airing, but our last one is this coming Thursday, which okay. is, I'm not even sure which day that is anymore. <laughs> Are you going to keep doing these? Yeah, but it's been- Because I keep wanting to do it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I miss the question. date. It's, um, it's definitely connected with so many people and it's been a really, really wonderful way to meet people's needs virtually, like mm-hmm. we were talking about in this very interesting way. And it's totally something I myself wish I could experience. I'm like, somebody rip me off so I can do it. <laughs> but we use a combination of like acupressure, guided meditation, visualization, Qigong, breath work, if I already said that. Um, and, and then we end with a restorative yoga practice. And it's just like this really beautiful, cohesive way. It's different every time. Um, but it's just been a really fun experience to do. But anyway, long-winded way of saying we're probably going to make it a monthly offering. Cool. And I'll have info about yeah. that on the website and Instagram and stuff. But Follow Sarah on Instagram. What's your handle? Oh, yeah. It's doctor, which is dr.sarabithan. And um, always posting little tips and tricks and updates about things like that. And I think we're going to make it a monthly platform. We'd love to have other practitioners on to share their gifts and people that we love and trust and, you know, help people the best way they know how. And just kind of, um, yeah, just I, I don't know. I see it as like a fun service offering. Yeah. And I love all this virtual stuff. I know. I really do. I didn't think I would. Yeah. Same. And now I'm just like. I'm enjoying it too. There's a, there's, totally. there's a lot. You got to sift through. But there's some gold. There's um, definitely, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Just follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Just all three of us. And then. We'll point you in the right <laughs> yeah. direction. Yeah. You'll figure it out from there. Mute all the other stories <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> cool. Well, did we hit everything? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much for being with us today, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. So First welcome. guest. So yeah. Can't wait to try Sakara Life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this became so a commercial for Sakara. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Sakara, we want you to sponsor us. So, We love yeah. you. Cool. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode or hear you on the next episode of Mind Space Minimal. They'll hear us. Yeah. Yeah, they'll hear us. We'll hear from them <laughs> if they email us. Do you think these chocolates are taking up? Go on, right go now? on. You're doing. You're on it. <laughs> yeah. So you can email us at, at mindspaceminimal <laughs> at gmail.com. That's right. Mindspaceminimal at gmail.com. Thank you very much, everybody. Thanks. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Visit mindspaceminimal.com and email us at mindspaceminimal at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-D-S-P-A-C-E-M-I-N-I-M-A-L.com. Keep it minimal and keep it moving. Thanks again for listening.